The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this Bible study program called Shi'ar Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, continues his Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. The current sermon, part of the study of the office of the teacher in the New Testament church, is focusing on the teaching itself, what the teacher should teach. When we left off, Pastor was in Romans chapter 6 at verse 17, discussing the form of doctrine that had been entrusted to them. Here is Pastor Greg. But that teaching says, in so doing, when you come to Jesus Christ, you present yourself to him to say, Lord, work your life through me. You ought to become a slave of the righteous one, not a slave of sin. Sin leads to death. Obedience leads to righteousness. We're not saved by our righteousness. We're saved by his righteousness. But if we offer ourselves to him as his stewards, as his servants, as his children, he is the righteous one. Then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. We ought to allow him to work his righteousness through us. This is the doctrine of obedience to Jesus Christ, he says, to which you were delivered. And having been, verse 18, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We can't get out of sin. The grasp of sin on us, our human nature, that which is in the flesh, our weak spirits, the demonic control of this world and of the, the spiritual realm, no human being is strong enough. But in Jesus Christ, we overcome. In Jesus Christ, we can put an end to sin. We can be delivered from sin. And so he says here in verse 18, you were set free from sin, but now we are slaves still. What are we slaves to? We're slaves of righteousness. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And if we don't keep fighting him, he will bring righteousness into us. We become slaves of righteousness. So this great gospel, the grace of Jesus Christ, is, does not give us the liberty to sin. Rather, it should free us from sin. Because now we have the power of God and the importance of faith, right? Faith in who Jesus Christ is to be the atonement, right? To get us entrance into heaven. And then faith in what Jesus Christ can do to save us to the uttermost, to make us slaves of righteousness. Faith in his complete work. And you go down to chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, a new law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He condemned sin. When Jesus dies on the cross, having come down as a man like one of us, lives his life, suffers tremendous, horrendous death, tempted in every way we are, and yet from conception to death never once sins. He condemns sin in the flesh. There's victory now over the flesh, and he provides that now to us who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. And so the law, we sin and we die. Now we have a law of life that supersedes it. We don't have to keep sinning. We don't have to go through the consequences of sin, and sin leads to death. We don't have to go through the consequences of sin if we walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. And the righteous requirements of the law might be, what does it say in verse 4? Fulfilled. Do we nullify the law? Not at all. We fulfill the law that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled, fully met in us. Then if you go down to Romans chapter 10 and verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. As we believe on him, he is the end of the law of righteousness. He is the righteous and just one. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And then chapter 13, verse 10, Paul talks about the love, the agape love that we have in Christ Jesus. And he says in verse 10, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. In Jesus Christ, we have the love of God come inside of us and we can show love towards others. And love does no harm and therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So in Christ Jesus, we do not nullify the law, we fulfill it. And with that background, let's go back to the sermon in Matthew chapter 5. The very words of the Lord Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, do not, Jesus says, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And there we have that expression again. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. You know, many things in this world, many teachings, many imaginations of men try to destroy the law and the prophets. You know, when the Antichrist comes, he will try to change times and seasons. Many of the basic foundations that we automatically accept in Christianity, they're there because of the teaching given in the law. And with that foundation, then we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus did not come to destroy the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. And so in Christian churches that are truly Christian throughout this globe, we study about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Isaiah and David. We may know the law better than some rabbis do because we love Jesus Christ and we want to know the complete word of God. And Jesus says, I have not come to destroy the law of the prophets, but to fulfill. And then he says in verse 18, For shortly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot, that's the smallest letter, the iota in Greek or the yod in Hebrew, not one jot, or one tittle, that's the smallest stroke of the Hebrew letter, not one jot or one tittle, will by no means pass from the law Till all is what? Fulfilled. Again, fulfilled. Till all is fulfilled. And then he says in verse 19, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches, didasco, teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's look at verse 20. Unless your righteousness, we've talked in Romans about being declared just, being declared righteous. Speaking of God's righteousness, only God is righteous. The righteous one, Jesus Christ, justifies us. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. The law and studying the law is not enough. It's not enough. Remember, we study the scribes and the Pharisees. The Pharisees had the correct doctrine as opposed to the Sadducees. The scribes were the teachers of the law. They were the Old Testament teachers. And we're speaking about the New Testament office of the teacher. We looked at Ezra. Ezra was a scribe. He was a teacher. In John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said to them, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. So you really do, don't you? The scriptures lead you to Jesus Christ. He says in verse 40, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. The life is in Jesus Christ. The scriptures, the word of God, brings us to the living word of God, Jesus Christ. But just studying the scriptures, just having the law is not enough. He says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven because you're only declared righteous in Jesus Christ. And if we don't come to him, you could study it and study it and study it and know it and love the word of God, but if you don't come to Christ Jesus and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, you have to save me, and moreover, you have to come into my heart and change me and live your life in me. The scriptures, the law, the prophets avail us nothing. He says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, 
but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. John 5, 39 to 40. So having the law is not enough. Our righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees who had the law, discussed the law, studied the law. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. We need to enter through Jesus Christ. But notice up above, right? He says, assuredly, not one jot, one tittle will pass away. This is not to abolish the law. Because we have salvation in Jesus Christ, that does not abolish the law. As a matter of fact, the smallest stroke of the pen, God will preserve because it is his word. And for that matter, if you look on teaching, he says, whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. We invite you to join us for our 10 a.m. Sunday service at the Memorial Hall in Madison, Connecticut. On our website at shiarjashub.org, you will find directions to our church, as well as a library of hundreds of radio programs for serious Bible study. That website again is shear-jashub.org. There is information on Pastor Greg Scalzo's award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, and of course, a link to the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle channels on YouTube and Rumble.com. We live stream the Sunday sermon at 10.30 on YouTube, and currently Pastor is in a fascinating series on last day events. Join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.